You're listening to Post Traumatic Stress, hosted by Charlotte D. A weekly podcast to connect creatives and communicate about the highs, lows, and laughs of being in a creative industry. Hello and welcome to episode two of Post Dramatic Stress. Um, I am joined today by two very special guests who I will introduce um, very shortly. Um, But today we're hoping to talk about um, an overarching theme of connection and feeling connected to your creative work, feeling connected to like-minded networks for support and knowing when to say no for reasons like mental rest or artistic choice, perhaps in your best interest. So with that said, people who are joining me today to talk about all things connection are Sean Lucas and Emerson Brophy. Not Brophy, Brophy. <laughs> Hello, how are you? Hello. Hello. Thank you for having us. Thank you for being here. Um, Sean, I might start with you with your introduction. So Sean has been acting in theatre and film and telev- television productions for about 15 years, I believe. She's performed with a number of community and independent theatre companies in Perth. She's appeared in several films, and as a teenager, Sean participated in the creation of a youth theatre company that she trained, performed, and worked with for several years. And in any time that she has left, she's also a speech pathologist. Yes, yes I am. Welcome. Um, and Emerson Brophy is an actor as well. He is a singer, he is a musician, he is um, one of those people that seems to be ridiculously talented and can play piano, ukulele and saxophone. He's in a band called King and Castle um, and he's got most experience in dramatic and musical theatre but at the moment he's currently branching into film and in particular has just been accepted very excitingly into WAPA to do a diploma of screen performance. That's me. (laughs) Which is excellent. So guys I always like to start with um, people being able to get to know you a little bit and in particular um, what do you feel um, makes you creative or what do you feel, why do you feel the need to express yourself creatively? Um, so maybe, Emerson, let's start with you. Yeah, um, I don't know, it's one of those things that's kind of just crept up on me over time. Um, it was always a hobby through school to just sort of write, write songs and um, just be a bit of a goofball around, around the, like, the oval and stuff. Hmm. But then as I started doing more and more with my like studies and that side of life, I found that I needed to keep up that balance of creative work to keep up my sanity, basically, and yeah. the kind of left brain, right brain situation. Um, yeah. So that's why I, I really enjoy performing and, and writing songs and that kind of stuff. And yeah. I feel the need to do it more and more and everyone, everyone enjoys like art in some, way, shape or form, so if I can do a little something to bring more of that to the world, then yeah. you're going to might as well. You're lucky it started young for you then. It took me years to realise I needed to be creative. Like, I always was, but it wasn't until I worked in an office when I was, like, you know, in my 20s. Like, <laughs> I sound really old now. Um, but <laughs> at the end of my 20s that I was like, no, I can't do this anymore, I must be creative. But it sounds like it started much younger for you, that realisation. Yeah, kind of just in high school. Um, because music was always there, like I learned piano from age five, and that was something that my parents really encouraged. Yeah. Um, so it was always kind of there in this undercurrent, um, and yeah, that sort of branched out more and more, and like one step further with all of that side of things until I realised actually yeah, this is something that I can make a bigger and bigger part of my life, and 
yeah. kind of gone from there. Very cool. And Sean, how about you? What makes you creative? What makes you feel the need to express yourself creatively? Um, well, I was always a bit of a bookworm and a lot of reading I used to get, you know, really excited. It used to make me think, feel, then I'd go off and be a nerdy researcher and find out about new things. And, and I also had that experience from watching TV, reading plays. And I found that when I was performing, or I used to write a bit as well, if I could get that opportunity to give that to other people, so, you know, get them thinking, get them feeling, get them having a conversation about something that they might not have known before, yeah. I just, I, that just gets me so excited. Yeah. It's, yeah, and that's why I love to create, to get people talking. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's such, I think it's such a gift to be able to, like, change people in that way mm -hmm. to impact someone's life you, you think it's such a small thing but you can actually change people's thoughts and feelings and that therefore like creates this ripple and goes out into the world I think that's Absolutely. amazing and, and telling yeah. other people's stories you know their story might not have been told yeah um, or other people might just not have been aware of it until you've got some sort of creative thing that can share it that's yeah great. yeah Yes, it does. It really does. Sorry, I really resonate with that, that whole sharing of, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like, and that's what music used to be for me, or still is, but it's that unspoken language that everyone could connect to mm. and communicate without the need for all these words. And yeah. It's another thing that yeah. drives me, actually. I've realised how difficult it can be to try and, like, make a difference to the world as an individual in yeah. so many other areas, but yeah. with telling someone else's story or telling your own story, and delivering that to people, if that resonates with them, then they will remember that forever. And that's one hell of a legacy that you can lead, yeah. lead to yeah. someone. I agree, I agree. Ooh, we're feeling very connected already. <laughs> um, so leading on from that, um, our first topic is feeling connected to your creative work. Um, and I suppose that is different for everyone, finding connection to the work that they create. And my thoughts were, um, or some questions I wanted to ask you guys were to allow you to feel connected to work that you do creatively does it need to be meaningful like does it need to align to your personal sort of goals or morals or ethos or you know guidance compass system in your life do you think or can you feel just as connected to it and liberated when it's something that's completely outside of your usual mental ethos what, what do you think? How, how do you feel connected? I don't think I've ever really been in a show or involved in something creatively that has been that far from my own personal beliefs. I think on the like flip side of it, something that will make me feel disconnected is um, if the people working on it, if there's not sort of a common goal in mind or we're not all on the same page about what we want it to be and yeah. what we sort of feel about it and our level of investment in it. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think I've ever been in a situation, thankfully, so far, where I've felt super disconnected with something that I've been working on. Mm. And that's, that's probably a blessing, and I'm sure the more things I work on, I'll find some things that would be a good answer to this question. <laughs> no, that's fine. What about you, Sean? Do you, do um, you... Look, I've always felt more connected if, you know, when I've got a script, I've read it and gone, oh wow, that, that's so clever, or that's hilarious, mm. or I've cried, or yeah. something like that. Um, you know, when I've read a script and gone, oh yeah, that, that's okay, um, not sure if it's for me, but that ended up in the project anyway. I've found that I've had to work a lot harder to maintain my interest in the project. 
Um, and I still always learn something and it's still always great for personal development. But when it comes to self-indulgence, finding things that you are just super interested in and passionate about make the creative process so much easier. Yeah. Okay. So connection, I suppose like what is connection? What do you think it is? Like, what do you think it means to be connected to your creative work? I, I have a really low attention span. <laughs> so I feel like something that, like connection means to me that I will, my thoughts will go towards that and I'll be doing something else and my, I'll just be thinking about that one thing all the time and it'll be almost, almost like trying to hold back a cough. You're like, this is something I need to do. This needs to happen. I need to think about this. Or if, if it's the, the middle of the night and I'm working on a song, um, I'll be yeah. in bed and then I'll wake up and I'll just have to do something with that. That's yeah. like real connection. Or if, if I'm doing a show and I just need to like read through the script one more time and go to check this line out or if I'm running my lines in my head all the time, just... That's how you so, know. Yeah, I'll just be sitting in the car and I'll think about a certain line of dialogue and then just feel what goes along with that. And yeah. I'll just be driving along and I'm, I'm paying full attention to the road as well. <laughs> um, but I'll then start just dropping into that character. Yeah. Just sort of out of the blue. Yeah. And so I think if it can draw my attention, not only when I'm reading it or actively doing something with that piece of work, but also when I'm doing other things, that is real connection to me. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. What about you, Sean? I think, yeah, feeling that buzz, that need to go back to it, you know, it, it never feels like a chore. You always want to yeah. do it. Um, you know, yeah, you might be doing something else, but you go, no, 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 I... I've just got this idea, so I'm just going to go over here and tweak that instead. Yeah. So, yeah, that constant interest. And again, that, that nerdiness of, oh, that's triggered off that thought. Mm. I'm going to go do that. And then, oh, no, I'm going to go do that and learn that. And then, you know, it might be a very small project, but you've gone and learned six, seven, eight different things yeah. just because you're feeling so invested in that yeah. project. So the investing, where yeah. does that come from? What, what is that? What, what's that? Like, I, I, I'm hearing, like, like how you tell you're connected. But like, what is it that sparks it, do you think? Is it, if it's not something that's, like, connected necessarily, like, to your goals, like, why is it? Is it just because we're creative and we feel the need to express ourselves? Like... The curiosity thing. Yeah. There's, like, what more to be uncovered and, like... Yeah. I'm picturing, like, an archaeologist pit and you see, like, a, a giant dinosaur skeleton just under the surface. And so if you look at it a little bit, you like brush off the sand, you see a, a part of a dinosaur bone. Some people might be like, oh cool, I found, a, I found a section of a dinosaur leg. Awesome. Yeah. But then I think this is the sort of, the thread that you're like, oh wait, there's, there's more here. And then that's where, yeah. that's where you spend deep days, weeks, months in that pit, just brushing off more bones until you find what you can. Mm. I think if it evokes feeling, yes. you know, if, yes, it's, yeah. if it's made me furious, you know, I want to go tell the world that, you know, this is something we need to be thinking about. Or yeah. if it's intrigued me, I want to go find out more. If it's made me, you know, feel really warm and beautiful, then, you know, I want other people to feel that too. Yeah. Um, and I think if it has evoked some sort of feeling or triggered some sort of thought journey, that's where... I want to invest in it. That's the connection. That's like the in. That's the yeah. Mm. I think I think people say that a lot about art in general. That it 
it can be considered art as long as it makes you feel something. Mm-hmm. Even if you see it and you think that was disgusting, <laughs> it's made you feel something, it's evoked something. And yeah. I think, yeah, yeah, interesting. Okay, um, moving on. Uh, our next topic of conversation or chapter, if you will, is about taking that sense of feeling connected, not only to your work, but like-minded networks um, for support or not necessarily just even for support, but for sort of motivation and inspiration and, and that. So for you guys, do you have networks like that that help you feel connected in Perth? Are there, is there anything in particular that sort of, is there any groups or any, any sense of, yeah, like-minded people or networks that you reach out to? I think it, it, this is a really tricky one because mm. creative work can be very isolating. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you've, you've got that pressure to make a living as well. Yeah. Um, and it, it's not like, you know, with a regular job, you go to the same workplace, you you make your friends there, you yeah. vent about your, your boss or your clients or whatever. And, but when you're working by yourself or in a very small team for one project, you might not actually get that extended friendship with those people where you see them all the time. Yeah. So you've got to make more effort to actually catch up. Um, and I think doing lots of classes has been great. So I've got to meet more people. Um, yeah. And when I've been on projects, really making sure that, you know, I don't just sit there and, and timid and shy or anything. I, I make the effort to talk to people, find out about them, uh, network, Facebook is great for that, yeah. um, those sorts of things, and then catch up, and so even if you're just chatting, you can inspire each other. Yeah, just finding, even if it's just for a day, that common connection yeah. and feeling like there's someone else out there like you, Yeah. and I, I think that's what, this question in particular is what inspired me to do post-traumatic stress, because I feel that same way, there's just this sense of... I don't know, yeah, isolation in, in a way. Like you, you go and you do all these wonderful things, all these wonderful people, and then you come home. And I don't, don't get me wrong, it's not, I'm not confusing it. I'm not saying it's a loneliness. What I'm saying is, is it's this connection of people that are like you mm. to connect with creatively. Like that I find quite challenging unless you're working on a project at the time. Yeah. How do you like, you know, maintain that is difficult. Yeah, because you never really know when you do a project who you're going to who you're going to connect with um, and so yeah I, I find that what I always try and do is just get to know as many people in the cast depending on the size of the show and all that kind of stuff as possible because you mm. never know who you're going to have like, that complete spark with yeah. and just want to keep hanging out even just as friends but maybe as like, as like a creative partnership or yeah. a team or something yeah. um, and so yeah I think when I, I'm in those situations I really try and make an effort to make sure I look out for those opportunities. Yeah. I've met some amazing friends through shows that I've done. Yeah. Like my, my band, we met during The Wedding Singer at Lama Theatre at the end of 2017. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we will get together and we'll jam and then sometimes we'll get together and we'll just hang out and it's like a really good little group. Um, and so yeah, just got to find those people and gravitate towards them. Yeah, and spend make an effort to spend time with them for either support or inspiration or connection or just just someone to have a chat about and bounce ideas off and yeah. that yeah. sort of thing. And the other side of that is, <clears throat> even if you don't, if you're not able to find that time to hang out all the time, it's so easy to just send a Facebook message and just be like, hey, how are you going? Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be 
you don't have to only message people if you want something. I feel like there's a, especially in our, our industry, there's yeah. a, sometimes a bit of a connotation that if someone reaches out out of the blue, they're after something. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. If you just set a precedent of, like, hey man, haven't seen you in ages, how you going? Um, what are you up to? What are you working on? Yeah, exactly. Great, love to support that. Yeah, yeah. I'll see yeah. it. I'll see you there. I'll watch it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like whenever I receive those messages, it's always such a great feeling, and it's those kind of small efforts that you can do just over time. That when you find that there is an opportunity to work together again, you've still got this history. It's not like you're having to catch up or or try and yeah. make parity with something that they're they're doing and it's authentic it you've yeah. got an actual relationship because you like this person and you wanted to connect with them not just because you're thinking like you were saying oh I might need this person one day or you yeah, know exactly. and I do ex I, I do find I experience I would say most people are really lovely and genuine but there's definitely a vibe sometimes on sets I feel you go and you that that can sometimes hinder the connection because you meet people and you think they're not they're not really talking to you they're not really there they're sort of sussing you out and then they move on to the next person there is mm. do you ever experience that sometimes is is it just yeah. me oh my god <laughs> or, or i'm sitting there going look i i hope they don't think i'm being friendly just because i want something from them yeah, i hope, yeah, yeah. I hope that just, they you know they realize i do i do i am actually interested i want to i'm not just trying to get something out of them so yeah. sometimes that you know will make me want to actually sit back and go oh well maybe i shouldn't shouldn't befriend them or at them on Facebook because they might think I'm stalking them or weird or yeah but um yeah I guess a part of it is you've just got to put yourself out there anyway some people you'll click with some people you won't yeah um mm -hmm. and you know unless you try you you might miss out on great friendships or mm -hmm. great working relationships and yeah just giving it a go and not taking anything personally yeah yeah I think so too there are some Facebook groups in Perth as well I know there's the Perth Film Network group mm -hmm. run by Debbie Thoy mm -hmm. I'm so sorry if that's not how I pronounce her last name um, and also there's some classes like um, Annie Motar Monks runs some um, she calls them PAC PAC Perfect. and just collective yeah, yeah and she gets actors and directors together and that's a really good networking sort of place as well um, but I'd love to hear if there's anyone listening, if there's anyone listening, um, who has, you know, groups that they already are a part of. I would really love to hear from you or, you know, please send us a tweet. Um, and I would love post-traumatic stress to become that sort of network for people. Something you said, Emerson, that reminded me of something I used to do. You know, you say that you go and jam with your bandmates mm -hmm. and it can be a bit difficult to do that in terms of theatre but a friend and I used to have drama jams where we just catch up and we take a monologue or a short scene and we just workshop it together yeah um, I haven't done it for ages I really should get back into it yeah we'll yeah. come <laughs> yeah drama jams people should do yeah. that you know yeah. and then that way you can work on your skills you can build a, a network that you can be really honest with Some, sometimes yeah. getting honest feedback is hard yeah um yeah that reminds me I'm going to contact my friend you get should a, do that get another drama yeah. jam going yeah and then I think it connects you back into that sense of creative purpose yeah. as well and for, yeah mm. and I can serve really well for that like routine of just doing it as a regular basis I, I found with with MakeSpace that we were doing just recently um, it was good to just go there every week and just yeah be yeah. playing around with like-minded individuals and you're mm -hmm. creating something and you're just doing it every week yeah a lot of the time this, or at least I 
think about how I don't have time to do it and I'm uh, like, I wish I could make more time for it and oh, I don't get to do it much. But then if you just make time to do it. Yeah, there's time for your phone, there's time for, mm. you know, Netflix. Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's always just, just yeah, I think that's, that's, yeah, if you want to feel connected, just get out there. Just be nice to someone, connect with someone and ask them, hey, can we hang out? Can we do something together? Can we drama jam? Can we jam in the band? Can, yeah, go do a class. I agree. I agree very much. Um, next topic, knowing when to say no. It leads on from this, like, yes, get out there and do everything. We're sending you mixed messages, but yeah. <laughs> when should you say no? When, or when have you had times, if you want to share, you, please don't if you don't want to, um, but, you know, where you felt you just needed that mental rest or perhaps it wasn't the right choice for you artistically. And I think that one's a tricky one in particular, especially if you're just starting out, you feel the need, maybe you don't, but sometimes you feel the need to say yes to everything, mm-hmm. even if it's not in your best interests. Um, what experience do you guys have with that and have you said yes to too many things do you say no to too many things do you do everything and never say no what's it like for you yeah that's this is a good question for me because I did Wedding Singer end of 2017 that's when I decided I wanted to actually pursue this as much Mm -hmm. as I could and so last year 2018 I just tried to do show after show after show and a show would be wrapping up and then I'd audition for another show and then I'd start that and it was just this big daisy chain. And then so by the end of the year, I was pretty burnt out. Yeah. Um, and then in, in that time as well, there was like a few shows where I was, I was still wanting to challenge myself and I did have goals for things as well. Like I had done a lot of musicals, so I wanted to try just a straight play. Um, and also I wanted to yeah, keep challenging myself. So I was aiming for like, like principal roles were available. Um, so I had to have a few kind of just real introspective moments where I was choosing between doing a musical that could have been like a larger part or a, a straight play and I had to sort of say no to the musical because I knew that what I needed to do next was a play Yeah. Um, and also just yeah there was an, another musical that I sort of had the opportunity to do that was seeming like it would be a very big time commitment and sort of like a bit more sporadic as well so it'd be a bit of a rush around yeah and i sort of knew what i wanted was not that didn't really align with what i wanted and in that one as well i think it was a a chorus role and i was really wanting to if i was going to have that sort of time commitment i wanted to go for more of a lead role yeah. so that was a real tricky thing because I felt like a bit of a dick. Um, it's fine. <laughs> being like, well, I, I don't want to be one of those people who just turns down the small roles and does the yeah. mid roles. Yeah. But in that case, I knew that if I was going to be committing that level of time, I wanted to um, have it as much time on the stage as possible. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just about saying, you know, it's just really introspecting and being honest with yourself and saying, does this, oh, it's going to be cheesy but does this spark joy <laughs> it's so true that applies to everything your life. yeah not yeah, just tidying up but does it spark joy in your mind as well yeah. tidying up the mind yeah. yeah there's been a couple of shows where i've thought i've thought about it i'm like yeah cool i'm gonna do this show but then there's just no like joy behind that it's a bit like a bit of a chore to think yeah. about um and so for those shows i like i just turn down auditions or anything 
Yeah. And yeah, it's tricky when it's when it's when your goals are things like the size of the role, or well, not the size of the role, but just the outcome of that being the amount of time you'd actually get to do the thing, do the thing being acting. Mm. Um, and so it can be tricky to turn those down because of the perception of how it may look. Yeah. Um, and and, and you, like you want to say no, but you don't want to ruin your relationship with someone. And exactly. then, you, you know, are they going to ask you to do work again? And it's, yeah, it's that balance between giving yourself permission, which I think you should. I think we should all feel the ability to say no and not have that have a repercussion later for mm. the chances of more work. Mm. But yeah, what, what about you, Sean? Uh, well, I used to have a very hard time saying no uh, to the point where I was physically run down all the time and, and sick and I even fell asleep driving my car. It's because I just, I just, exactly, that was a big wake up call. I need to start saying wake no. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, one of the things was I was scared of missing out on learning opportunities and the big one was letting people down. Mm. Um, and as you said, that mm. reputation. Mm. Um, but I think if you say yes to everything, people can actually start to take advantage of you as yeah. well. Yes. Um, and, you know, you need to think about when, when a, if something comes your way, you need to think about, uh, you know, is this good for your creative journey and career? Are, are you learning from it? Um, are you, is it worthwhile for the connections you'll make? Um, is there that financial benefit? If not, you know, does it have all the other benefits instead? Mm. Um, and yeah, are you actually interested in it? Do you think you'll enjoy it? Um, and, and it comes down to sometimes the people you're working with, mm. um, how organised it might be in the, at the very beginning. And, you know, we all get very worried about saying no, but I think if you make sure you do it early, and you make sure you're polite. You know, you don't go in and go, look, you're just so disorganized. It's terrible. I'm getting a really bad vibe. I'm out of here, guys. You, know, you, you, you go say, I, I wish I could be involved. You know, I really like this idea. But for me at this time, it's not going to work. Yeah. I'd love to be able to work with you in the future. Yeah. And I think when people have said no to me, I've not actually gone, oh, I hate them. I'm never going to work with them again. Yeah. I've gone, okay, no, I respect that because next time I work with them, they'll be able to put their all into it. Yeah. I think if you say no to someone in a polite way early on, they're going to be okay with it. Yeah. And if they're not, that might be more of a reflection mm. on them. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's, it's the way the creative industry is. You, you can't do, do everything, yeah. you know, and you know, quite often there's another person that's going to be better suited to that role anyway. Mm. It's if you if you think you can't put your all into it, someone else is going to be able to. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And that's, yeah, you've got to be honest with yourself there and be honest with the team there because mm. I've had to, and with me this year, knowing that I'll be studying four nights a week and then Saturdays on top of my day job. I had a couple of shows lined up and I just had to be like, I'm really sorry, like, I'd love to do this show, but I just will not have the time and you need someone who has the time and who can actually give their yep. all to it. Mm. And those are situations where I would, like I would love to work with those people again and I feel like because I sort of nip that in the bud and manage the expectations early, I feel like I could down the track say, hey, like I'm more available now, let's work together. Mm -hmm. yeah. Whereas if I had have left it and tried to make it worth 
work and tried to spit on this plate at the same time, then I would have just ruined relationships. You yeah. could have done more damage to your reputation yeah. than if exactly. you just said no in the first place. Yeah. And affected your confidence because your performance wouldn't have been probably as it should have been. Mm-hmm. And you know it would have been, well, for me anyway, usually if I run things too much, I don't give the best. And then mm-hmm. that is a big deal for me, being yeah. a bit of a perfectionist. You go home and you're like, oh, that's terrible. And it's just... Yeah, I think I think saying no is a really healthy thing if, like you say, you do it in the right way. And also something that we didn't mention is saying no if you feel unsafe. Um, I, I think you should always look at a project or if you just think it just doesn't align to who I am, it's okay. That's okay. Like, don't feel judged. I know I've been asked to do projects sometimes that maybe involved maybe nudity or they involved whatever. And if you're comfortable with that, that's wonderful. You go ahead and you do that. But I just want to make that really clear for anyone who's listening. Just always, if you feel unsafe in any way, men and women, just say no. And that's okay. And if they, like you were saying before, if they're making you feel like it's not okay, it's definitely about them. Mm. You know, that, that is everyone's right as a creative person or as an artist to feel safe in their work environment and make choices that they feel that they can work in safely and ethically and whatever it is that's going on for them mentally. So, mm. Mm. okay. Mm. <laughs> I'm conscious that we're going over time, but I was really enjoying that conversation. But I'd love to hear um, a little bit more about um, the two of you and is there anything coming up that we should know about that's really important? Do you have any YouTube channels that we should know about? Any handles? Tell us about you so we can check you out and look you up. Uh, well, I, I don't have any shows coming up this year, but if, funny you <laughs> should mention YouTube channels. <laughs> it's have, almost as if I set it up. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. Um, I have one that I, I semi-regularly use, uh-huh. which is Emerson Brophy, if you just search for me. On YouTube, you'll be able to find me. How do we spell Emerson Brophy? E-M-E-R-S-O-N, Brophy. <laughs> B-R-O-P-H-Y. Yes, Trey with a B. Um, also, I'm on Instagram with that. Like, it's, it's a pretty good name for SEO, so. Great. We will check, check you out. out. What kind of things will we see on there? Uh, you'll find a few covers of things. I, like on Instagram, I'll just do like a one minute cover or something if there's a, if I have a burning need to do that. Um, and then on YouTube, I've got a few originals. Um, one of my New Year's resolutions was to release more of my originals because they're currently just getting dusty in hard drives somewhere. Excellent. Um, yeah, and some of them are kind of goofy and some of them are kind of serious and they'll be on there at some point throughout the year, I guess. We should check that out and I'll make sure I link that. Um, this, oh, uh, bleh, what am I trying to say? Post-traumatic stress also has um, Instagram and YouTube and things and I will make sure I link <laughs> your things <laughs> to those things so that if people go and search there they can find said things. Sean, how about you? Anything you'd like to mention? Um, I'm a bit behind with social media so that's probably something I need to look into. Um, that's so fun. Yeah, I, I don't actually have a project I'm completely involved with it in at the moment. I'm starting to get a bit itchy actually. I'm going to have to find yeah. something. Although um, in March I'll start rehearsals for a show coming up at Subiaco 
Arts Centre. Excellent. Here, so what, do we know what that one is? Uh, but is it's it not hush-hush? all been it's not all been made Barbara. official yeah. yet. So we can yeah, let us know point. later. Just and see we can, every show at Sydney Arts Centre. Yeah, and just, just go and see them. And Sean will be in those shows. See more shows. Yeah. Yeah. Um, someone I know called Jessica Brooke is in a show called Shrine by Tim Winton at the moment at the Melville Theatre. That's went until March second. The other night. Was it wonderful? Really good. Yeah. Excellent. Really good. Very well. Absolutely. Great. I'm going to make a point to see that this week, which is why I'm saying it on here so that I'm accountable. Um, Please, we've got one more question left. Um, So each week I'm hoping, this is only episode two, so we're still building followers, Um, but our handles um, on Twitter are at dramatic underscore post, Instagram is at post dramatic stress pod, and our email address is postdramaticstresspod at gmail.com. Um, and we'd love to hear from anyone that resonates with the show or wants to ask a question or just wants to connect and touch base. Please do so via those handles. Um, and our question that we've received um, via Twitter this week is, when, is, when was a time um, that you felt most connected to your work? Um, do you guys have anything that you could share on that question? I think I've felt most connected to my work when, when I have read the script and I've spent the first, second, third time bawling like a baby um, <laughs> and wanting to go back to it over and over again and then being involved in the project, the people that you work with and not just that particular performance but other performances and projects, it's been about the people I've worked with. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've got a good team that you know you can get on with and everyone's pitching in ideas, building each other up, building on from a basic idea, I think that's when I felt most connected and invested and just buzzy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're all on the same page. Oh, yeah, all, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that does remind me of one of my times, which would have been The Wedding Singer, because everyone was so invested in that and it was such a fun time and... There were, there were no, there was no backstage drama, it was, there was no egos, it was all just everyone working together to put on a great show and yeah. it's so infectious, like I had yeah. the song stuck in my head all the time, I'd want to just like, have, like update everyone in the Facebook groups all the time and just, it was a real tight community for that, like a few months of that yeah. um, rehearsal process for that show. So that's one time of, of a lot of connection and then on the, the songwriting side of it, um, I wrote a, like a cheesy parody Christmas song most recently, <laughs> um, and that song, yeah, it's one of those situations where everything I was doing, it was in my head, I'd be thinking of lyrics at work, and I'd have yeah. to like get out the note-taking app and just update them. Yeah. Uh, there were so many other things I should have been focusing on at that time, but I would just stay up late thinking of lyrics of this song, and then my like housemate and I ended up filming it, and so I like, kind of took over the house for one weekend when we filmed it all and it was it was just something that I really like lovingly just swam in for that week <laughs> yeah I like that I like that analogy um, we should definitely check that out where can we find that is it still on Facebook or is it on uh, YouTube that's on the YouTube channel okay we will yeah you should yeah. definitely check that out it is hilarious it really is even though it's yeah. Christmassy everyone loves Christmas all time of year so please go <laughs> and check that out because it is delightful um, I'm conscious that we really have gone over time um, it's at the 35 minute mark so I'm going to wrap us up but it's just been so lovely talking to you both it's just been a really great conversation for me anyway so hopefully for the people listening and hopefully for the two of you thank you so very much for coming and giving me your time I appreciate it so much 
Um, and that's, yeah, that's the end of episode two. Thank so, you very much for having us. Thank yeah. you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Post Dramatic Stress. To connect with us or to register to come on the podcast, visit us at www.lettingcharlotteout.com or email us via postdramaticstresspod at gmail.com.